All right. Uh, Luke chapter 1, starting from 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Um, I'm going to read the next bit of the chapter up to verse 56. At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Is that your experience of Christmas? Joy? 
Uh, children love Christmas, don't they? Uh, they? They wonder at the story, it's novel, uh, they love the decorations, and I think the presents might have something to do with it. Uh, the novelty for adults has worn off. You've done a lot of Christmases. The novelty of the story has worn off. You've heard it before. It'll be good to get the family together, hopefully. Uh, the food will be good. But Christmas is so busy, there is so much to organise. And if you're a Christian, you are more busy because there are more ways to serve. Uh, it's stressful. Are you going to be able to afford Christmas? Is it going to be okay to have aunt so-and-so in the same room with uncle so-and-so when they don't see each other all year because they can't stand each other? That's stressful. And for some people, Christmas is when they especially feel their grief because the person they love is not there, because that was the time of year when they died even. And imagine if it's just happened. Imagine if your family had just been torn apart by that eruption in New Zealand. How could you possibly have joy at Christmas? If only you could become a little child again. How do you have joy at Christmas. Tonight I want you to see that Mary and Elizabeth had a lot of joy. And not just because they were expecting babies. They had a lot of joy because they knew God's mercy and power. And I want us to see God's mercy and power for us. It's always exciting, isn't it, when expectant mothers get together. They can share stories about morning sickness. Uh, they can share stories. They can look forward, rather, to what it's going to be like when the babies arrive, a boy or a girl, uh, curly hair, straight hair. How many pounds will it be? How long is it going to take? How annoying are their partners being during it all? Uh, there's always joy when expectant mothers get together, but this is a lot more than that, isn't it? Mary and Elizabeth. Elizabeth, remember, she and her husband are old and she is barren. And in her culture, that is a great disgrace. And along comes an angel and promises to her husband, Zachariah, a child in their old age. And no ordinary child, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth and he'll go before the Lord to prepare people for the Lord. God is going to work his mercy and his power for Elizabeth. And there's Mary. She's young and unmarried. So in her culture, great disgrace. But the angel said her son would be the son of the Most High. He'd sit on David's throne forever. God is going to work his mercy and his power for Mary. And Mary believed it straight off the bat. Though she did ask how. Fair enough. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, said the angel. And here's a sign. Your relative Elizabeth... She who was old and barren is now in her sixth month. Well, no wonder, verse 39, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She wants to see a relative. 
She wants to see the sign that will reassure her that it's true. And so these two tales in Luke's gospel come together and the mothers come together. Now I want you to imagine it. There's Mary, just having seen an angel, found out she's going to give birth and her son is going to sit on David's throne and she's been told there's a sign, Elizabeth, and so she travels. Four days walk on her own with that great expectancy of seeing, imagining Elizabeth, this old woman, six months pregnant and sharing with her about it. And so finally she arrives and enters Elizabeth's home. Now has Elizabeth been expecting her? What do you think? Do you think Mary has sent forth a, a, a letter or an email or a text message to say, I'm coming soon, looking forward to seeing you? No. She gets no warning of it and she has no reason to think that Mary will travel for four days to see her. She's a young, unmarried woman in the Middle East. And do you think Elizabeth has any inkling that that same angel has been to see Mary? Do you think she knows somehow that Mary is going to have a child and that that child is going to be the son? No. Mary got ready and hurried as soon as she'd heard. So there is Elizabeth minding her own business, not moving particularly fast, I take it, in her own home. And Mary turns up and simply greets her. Greetings, Elizabeth. And what happens, verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth's baby, who is filled with the Holy Spirit already, who is going to point people, prepare people for the Lord, is already doing his job. He leaps for joy, which is about all a baby can do at this point. And the only person who can feel it, of course, as, is, is Elizabeth. This baby leaps for joy. And suddenly, Elizabeth knows. How? She's filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 41. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promise to can you see this scene? Can you imagine it? Imagine being a fly on the wall and with the little brain of a fly knowing actually what's about to happen before it happened. Can you imagine the expectancy of waiting for Mary to walk in and what Elizabeth's going to do? It's an extraordinary scene. And even if you've lost the novelty of the nativity, which I have, I've heard it all before and so have you, I think this story is pretty fresh. Don't you? I'd never appreciated it until I read it. I knew that these two women got together and something, and Mary sang a song suddenly. This is extraordinary. 
Can you see the wonder of it? What is it that Luke wants us to see here? Why does he tell us this scene? Is it that he wants us to see how great Mary is? After all, Elizabeth says, The mother of my Lord, blessed are you among women. Is it that Luke wants us to see that Mary is special, that she's perfect, that she that she is the saviour with Jesus, that she goes on to be the queen of heaven. People will tell you that. And I've seen pictures in churches where Jesus is dying on a cross, but don't worry, Mary the queen is sitting on a throne above her son, ruling over everything. Is that what Luke wants us to see? Of course not. What a ridiculous heresy that is. Now, do you see what Mary says, verse 47? My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. If you're perfect, you do not need a Saviour. And Mary is very clear on the fact that she needs one, just like you. God has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. It doesn't mean that she's a really filled with humility sort of person. It's that she's got a humble state. She's a nobody from a nowhere town. And God has had mercy upon her. God has shown his mercy and power. And Luke wants us to see it. He wants us to see their joy. And he wants us to be filled with joy at what God did for them. They rejoiced at the first Christmas and he wants us to see and rejoice with them. God has shown his mercy and power to Mary and Elizabeth. But of course, God doesn't just show his mercy and power to Mary and Elizabeth, does he? And Mary knows it. Do you see what she says? Verse 46, and Mary said. Just as an aside there, this is often called Mary's song, but I want to reassure you that the Bible is not a musical. Musicals are not true. The orchestra starts playing, the band starts playing, and someone bursts into song. And that's a real hint that this is not a real historical event. It's a musical. As far as I know, that never happens in the Gospels. And Mary said, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. She's really clear that God has shown his mercy and his power to her. But his mercy goes further, verse 50. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Mary realizes that what God has now done for her in giving her this child, this child, is the sort of thing God has been doing down through the centuries. And so she looks back at all the ways that God has brought down the proud and lifted up the humble. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm, with his power, and scattered the proud and lifted up the humble. Just think for a moment, how has God done that in the Old Testament? Pharaoh, who is this Lord that I should listen to him? Well, he was brought down and God's people were lifted up. Goliath laughed 
at little David and his God. But God brought him down and lifted up David. And Nebuchadnezzar, he was standing on the roof of his palace, looked out over Babylon and said, Is this not the great palace and kingdom that I've built by my own power and for my own glory? And at that very moment, God turned him into an animal in his mind and he lost his kingdom. God brought down the proud and lifted up the humble. Mary looks back and she says, this is just what God is like, his mercy and his power, and he's done it in the past. But it's not just in the past, is it? Mary sees what God has done for her. She looks back and the verbs are all in the past tense, it seems. But surely she is looking forward. For she's having a baby. And this, these words here are a lot like Hannah's poem. Do you remember Hannah? She was barren in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 2. And she prayed. And she prayed about how God brings down the proud and lifts up the humble. It's a very similar form of words. And at the end of her prayer, she says, God will give strength to his king. Was there a king in Hannah's day? No. But she sees what God has done in the past and she is sure that he will do something in the future to secure the blessings for his people. Mary is doing exactly the same here. She doesn't actually mention her son. She doesn't mention that he's the king. But you can be sure that is what she is looking forward to. Verse 48, from now on, she says. Verse 50, his mercy from generation to generation. It's so certain, you see, that she talks about it in the past tense. Her baby is going to bring down the proud and lift up the humble. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus' upside-down kingdom where the Pharisees and the rich man miss out on the kingdom and the blind beggars receive the kingdom. Jesus brings down the proud and lifts up the humble. And not just when he's there on earth, that's what he does for us. He brings us up from sin and death and gives us a place in his kingdom and makes us sons and daughters in his family. And we're seated in the heavenly realms in Jesus. And one day this baby who is now a king will return and scatter the proud and lift up the humble. No wonder Mary rejoiced as she looked forward to that. How much more should we rejoice now that it's happened? How do you have joy at Christmas? You can try finding joy in the family get-together, in the presents and the food. But there's a whole lot better joy here, isn't there? Entering into the joy of Mary and Elizabeth. Can you feel it and see what God did for them? And can you see that he's given his mercy and his power for us? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and power. We thank you that you worked it in the past. 
you brought it to bear for Mary and Elizabeth. And Father, we thank you for their joy when they came together. Father, you know that we need help. We need help to rejoice, to rejoice in God our Saviour like Mary. Father, help us to see what you've done in Jesus with your mercy and your power so that we find joy this Christmas. Amen.